And we are live for the 142nd episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight, it's me, it's Andrew, and it's G, and boys, the night before opening day, right? We are approximately- Let's do this, man. We're Baseball this, season. You know, it's 9 o'clock, right? So we're around you know, 14, 15 hours for first pitch, give or take, right? I checked the weather. Obviously, I'm a Florida man, as you all know, but I did check the weather, and it looks like perfect weather tomorrow in the Bronx. I think it's going to be like low 40s and sunny. So feels like every other year there is a uh, you know chance for a rainout opening day. But, you know, we're going to get nice weather. We're going to get baseball in. So, guys, I know we've kind of had a up and down off season. You know, we didn't add the bat, we thought. But now that baseball season's right around the corner, how are we feeling? Are we feeling good? Are we ready for another season in the Yankees? Or are we, or are we just kind of ready for this to get going? How, how are we feeling? I'm sorry. I, I have to laugh. I know what you meant, but you calling low 40s perfect baseball weather oh, I mean, is very music. I get no rain. I don't have to worry about the game being canceled. Me, but... I mean, like you guys got a, uh, me watching on TV and there being no rain, perfect baseball weather. That's all. That's 41 all. degrees at yeah, first pitch uh, or something like that. As and long I've as been there no for rain. those games. I was at an opening day. I forget what year it was. Probably 2016. Uh, it got snowed out. And then when they had to make it up the next day, it was in the thirties and it was miserable. It wasn't like the snow game in 1996 or whatever that was, but yeah, it, it, it perfect weather is, is April into May weather, right? Like seventies uh, in the day, fifties yeah. at night. Um, I, I know what you meant though. No rain. Hey, look, right. look, we, we, look, we spent the last three, four months bitching about this team pretty much consistently um there was very low there very few highlights um resigning judge giving them the contract they did making them the captain bringing in carlos rodan but generally speaking we were more disappointed with the moves that they didn't make uh, with the players they kept around and then the injuries then we were excited about all the great things that they have on tap for this season obviously that list starts with anthony volpe 21 year old shortstop the opening day shortstop um for the new york yankees it's awesome man look we're gonna get into this all all night here but i'm just gonna put all the negativity to the side baseball season's upon us Let, let's roll and you know, something and I will else say I, that or, go on jay um, go on jay if we're picking apart luigi's opening monologue this is what i'll add well he says we didn't add a bat i'll say we added a bat maybe not the bat you know but we added a bat and that would be you know Obviously, Anthony Volpe, but and we've ripped on the Yankees organization for any number of very rippable things, but like it would have been very Yankees, very old timey Yankees for them to have Anthony Volpe come to spring training, have him just tear the cover off the ball and steal bases and do all the shit that he did, and then just be like, hey, well, you know, we'll see you in a couple weeks when your service time rolls over or whatever. Like, um, and in the meantime, we'd have to watch IKF go out there and make Garrett Cole's life a living hell with all his throwing errors and bullshit like that. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna be Obviously, honest. When you the... said when you said they added a bat, not the bat, I thought you were ready to gas up Franchi Cordero. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that, dude. Why are you blowing up my spot for later? Yeah, yeah why? Show? Why are you, uh, dude? Why are you spoiling G's offensive MVP? Come on, like we're gonna we're gonna get into that later, man. We're spoiling, yeah. You can't give away my over under and all the, you know, all the awards in the first five minutes. 
Um, yeah, obviously, you know, Anthony Volpe is the news. And beyond the kneel and say prayer that we don't have to watch IKF, you know, flop around at shortstop every day, like, you know, Jeremy Pena and all those kinds of comps, right? The Yankees are going to have their best prospect playing shortstop from day one, and that's just fucking cool. So yay us as the fans who get to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely. And he can fucking hit the ball, dude. He can hit the ball. So let's all be happy about that. It's absolutely something that even if you weren't really looking forward to the season, that gives you a little extra motivation to say, okay, all right, Volpe is good. That's something to watch for, right? Like, obviously, this team, you know, we all expect this, you know, the over and under for this team set at 94 and a half wins. So this team's, you know, expected to be a 90, 95 win team, basically. But they always are. Right. But, you know, it's one of the things when, even if like in this team's not bad or anything, but if you ever have been a fan of a team that you don't expect much out of, or you're mad at it, it's not good. If there's a young rookie that you're excited about that's starting, that gives you an incentive to watch a team. And, you know, like I said, this team's favorite to win the AL East. It's not like they're a bad team, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people were not happy with this lineup and, you know, we'll talk, we'll get more into the lineup. Like we have all of season that, you know, it's still not a great lineup in our opinion, right? The judge boost is very apparent. Um, Judge probably makes it, you know, from a B minus lineup to a B plus lineup. That's how good he is. But, you know, that's definitely going to be something to watch throughout the year. But yeah, Volpe, you know, the way they announced it on Twitter, how they, you know, they showed the video, how they brought him in and it made like, oh, you know, you did everything you needed to do. They made it seem like they were sending him down and then, you know, they, they put a 180 on him. So that was awesome. But yeah, that's definitely going to be, I mean, I, I feel like that's, you know, if they were like, I, we were going to, you know, we're going to ask a few questions here and I was for one of them, I was going to put, you know, who are we most looking forward to watching? And I think I didn't even put it. Cause I think it's obviously Volpe, right? If this is kid, he's, you know, one of the best prospects, not only, you know, for the Yankees, but one of the best prospects in all of baseball, you know, this isn't a thing where I think a lot of times Yankee fans can fall victim of a prospect maybe who comes up and they act like he's the greatest prospect, but you know, they kind of overrate him a little bit. Anthony Volpe is a legitimate top 10 prospect in all of baseball. So this is something that, you know, I think like probably him and uh, Jordan Walker for the Cardinals are probably going to be like the two, you know, favorites for AL and NL rookie of the year. Like those are the two guys. So, I, I I don't want to discredit Gunnar Henderson uh, on Baltimore. Let, let's yeah, short him. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Henderson's great too, but you know, like I said, those are two guys that I think are kind of the, Henderson was almost expected to play, but those, you know, Walker and uh, Volpe a month ago, a lot of, you know, they're pretty young, but I think Walker's 20, maybe not even 21 Volpe's uh, not even, I think 22. So they're both very young and you know, it's going to be exciting, but look, let's get into it guys. Uh, some of the odds, the Yankees, like, let's just start with this one. The Yankees, they have them at 94 and a half wins over under, right? So I feel like this question is, oh, you could almost pair it with, do you think they win the division, right? Because I believe that them winning the AL East is right, right about even odds, which, you know, when you consider the four other teams, that's right, they're the overwhelming favorites, right, over the Jays and the Rays. But 94, you know, 95 wins is, you know, it's a lot. Now, I think it does help that they're not going to have to play the AL East as much because I do think the Blue Jays, Rays, and O's are all going to be above 500 teams. So I think that does help. But I'm going to go slightly under with that win total. I still now I still think they win the division. I, I do. I still think they win the division barely. I think it's going to be a close race. But yeah, I, I'm going to go slightly under. I say like 93 or 94 wins with that. I was thinking under two. Uh, I do want to note that you're saying we don't play as many games in division. 
but that also means that everyone else in the division also benefits by more right. games against the right, Marlins and the Pirates and the Rockies. And we get to play those teams too, but so does everyone else. So I, I feel like that kind of washes out. Um, I'm kind of in that same boat, 92-93. I think it's slightly under. And what concerns me is just the injuries they have going into opening day. Uh, the pitching staff, obviously, um, we were, were relatively healthy, knock on wood, uh, in the lineup outside of Harrison Bader. There was a scare with Trevino. He's fine. Apparently, the only other significant injury in spring training was Ben Wardfett, and we haven't seen him play ever. We're still not convinced he's actually a real person. So it's not significant um, because yeah. he has not yet proven to be alive and in Prove it a point so. here, G. Just an empty uh, <laughs> So the pitching does concern me, particularly the starting rotation. The bullpen, you can always find ways to, to make it work, but the fact that we have 60% of the starting rotation out when then they take the field tomorrow, and obviously not everyone's going to pitch tomorrow. It'll be a cold day, and then however long he goes, hand it over to the bullpen. But you're going to have to lean on some young guys, like Johnny Brito's our pitch in the major leagues. Domingo Herman's up and down. Um, Clark Schmidt has had a couple starts on his ledger in his career, spent as much time in the bullpen as he has as a starter. So you don't really know what you're going to get from those guys. They could obviously come out and shove, but I think a slower start because of injuries – in April is going to hamper them from hitting 96, 97 wins. Uh, but they're still going to be a good team. Uh, and, and that was never in concern, right? We, we were angry and, and complaining about stuff over, over the last few weeks, just because there was a possibility as there is every year with this, this core they have and the, the financial strength they have to just go over the top and just blow the doors off it and be the overwhelming odds on favorite to win the division, to win the world series, whatever it may be. Right. And we just feel like they haven't really put themselves in that territory the last two or three years. So yeah, they're still gonna be a good team, but I, I think right about what you said, 92, 93 wins is the sweet spot. What was it? 94 and a half, 94 and a half. Okay. I'm going to scrape, I'm going to scrape over it. I'm just going to go 95. And if nothing else, because, you know, like we all just said, if they played the rest of the division, the, you know, the blue Jays and the rays and the improving Orioles and whatever the hell the Red Sox are about to be um, less and they play everyone else more than like, you know, I'm going to take my chances against, you know, all the other teams. Nope, it's gone. Edit this out and do something else. Sorry. Well, look, I think the 95 wins, it's, it's look, we're all, look, we're all, we were all born in the nineties, right? We're all, you you've all never been alive. You know, we all never remember we've been we're all lifelong Yankee fans. We've never seen this team have a losing record, right? So we all understand and appreciate and respect the fact that they always put out at at worst a solid product, right? At worst a decent product. So it's kind of tough to, you know, to oh they're not, you know, the ninety four and a half wins, it is a lofty total, but man, they've had years where they've dealt with injuries all years where they've won close to a hundred games. Like they always seem to figure it out in the regular season, right? They and always do. I will say That's that, question. like, you could have something resembling, like, a kind of a mirror image, right, of last year, where they got out of the gates white hot for two and however many, you know, two months plus, and then they played 500 ball for the last 100 games of the season. Like, if they start slow because injuries, because, you know, three-fifths of the rotation is gone and, you know, whatever else. You know, then yeah, they still had a slow start, and then maybe they just crank it up. They finished with ninety nine wins last year and played literally five hundred ball for the last hundred games of the season. So, 
Yeah, because um, you remember they were on be, pace at one point to win like 120. Yeah. yeah are they exactly. going to get that so win record? That was slow. a conversation. You know, were they uh, going to get that win record? And yeah, then they didn't win. Sounds like games. this one. I wish I was really old enough to appreciate what happened in 1998. Um, right. Either way. Yeah. Like you could, obviously, the injuries, the rotation we could talk about, but the rotation obviously is most concerning. But you could have something like that where it's like they start slow, they feel it out. Anthony Volpe's down there at the bottom of the lineup. You know, who knows? By the time the season gets into it, it could be. And, and I think part of that. Part of what you just said is what kind of makes us a little jaded in the sense that we, we don't definitively think this team sucks. They're not going to be a good team. Problem is they can't get past Houston in, in the postseason, and that's that's going to be a hill that they, they can't get, get over until we actually see them do it, right? But the team is just, I don't want to say plateaued, but it kind of feels like you know what you're going to get from them every year. Um so we, we don't like we don't think they stink by any means, but it's kind of just gone stale, right? It's the same roster they had last year for the most part. Um, going back a couple of years, a lot of the core guys in the lineup haven't really turned over, and they haven't taken that next level. While we've seen Houston go to the World Series, I think like six years in a row, or five of that, five of those the years, something like that. Championship series, yeah. Right, right. I think the only years they didn't make it were 2020. Uh, that's when they finished below 500 in the shortened season, but they did almost come back down 3-0 against the Rays in the ALCS to make that World Series. Um, I th- we kind of all thought Boston was going to go to the World Series again in 2021. They were on that magic carpet ride again. Um, Houston did beat them, lost to the Braves. Uh, it just seemed like they're in a, they're a factor every year, right? And and we've been as good, maybe just a step behind that entire window, and not once has it been us that's advanced that far. So that that that's tough. It, the team is good enough to win, to keep us energized the whole year, to give us that glimmer of hope. But we need that spark to actually push us over the edge, and it just hasn't happened yet. Which, I suppose, if I was going to... Well, I don't know if it's a segue. If I was going to say, if I was going to be the optimistic, right, like, I'll take my chances with 95 to 98 wins every year, 200 and whatever million dollar payroll versus... The Steinbrenner is just packing it in and be like, hey, we haven't won in a, a, like a bunch of years, so we're just not going to spend shit. But if I was going to be the optimist, I would say that, you know, you have Anthony Volpe, where they say, hey, you know what, 21 years old, but he's ready. We're going to throw him out there. Like Oswaldo Cabrera can play whatever, X many different positions. We're going to play him every day. Like as opposed to some, you know, Band-Aid, you know, IKF, where they basically lied to us all year last year. Like, you know, he's really good. All the numbers, we, you know, our eyes tell us that he's really good. Like, well, it clearly wasn't. And they lied to us. Like, well, the Astros rolled out a rookie and he, you know, well, well documented. But all that to say, like, young juice, young blood, obviously Aaron Judge and, and all the veterans, but like, introduce something new introduce a new element something you know young and fresh energize the team a little bit who knows that's my optimist take on it it definitely could right i mean who knows maybe volpe ends up being you know one of the few three best hitters on this team right maybe he's that good it could happen but you know not for nothing but on this on the starters like the starting rotation sorry to interrupt like you're you could have a similar thing right 
like I've been wondering for a couple of years or at least a year, however long, a year and a half, what would happen if you gave Clark Schmidt a handful of starts in a row to see, you know, you always need more than five anyway. It just so happens that they need eight right off the jump. <laughs> um, what happens? Maybe this kid, Johnny Brito, if he's good and you put him in the bullpen and he throws 98, other, you know, whatever, like, you, you you know, give the arms a shot. You know, when your main guys come back, you could still use them for something. You can have, can't ever have too many good pitchers, right? Like, Right, exactly. Um, so let's see. Let's go on to let's just start off with offensive MVP guys. Um, I think Andrew's got. I, I want to. I look. I'm spoiler alert. I have Judge. Right. I mean, the guy who hit 62 home runs last year. I think he's just going to carry the offense. I think it's going to be very similar to last year. Um, you know, there's really the more the better question really is like who's going to be the second best offensive player, right? If because if we all have Judge offensive MVP, which I assume we do. It's really who's going to be that, you know, that second guy who's going to be able to protect Judge in the lineup, right? Is Rizzo going to hit his 30 home runs, right? Is Stanton going to have a bit of a bounce back year? You know, is Volpe going to be that guy, right? Who just has like that amazing rookie year and hits 300 and 800 OP? Like, who, who's going to be that guy? Someone's got to step up. And like I said, it's, I was thinking about it today. I really was. My, you know, my pick originally, like two months ago, was Bader. I thought Bader was going to have a really good year. I thought he was going to, you know, pop out 20, 25 home runs. And I just can't pick him anymore with an, like starting the year off with an oblique. Like not that, you know, he's like automatically going to have a bad year, but it's just tough to pick a guy who's having an oblique issue. Like it's, it's not, so I don't know. But but like I said, my offensive MVP is judge. Um, I really, I don't know who I think the second best offensive player will be, but. Uh, do we all have judge offensive MVP or is that yeah, obviously like, uh, yeah? Uh, Andrew's like I want to go with Glaber, but uh... no, no, no. All right, no, so no. if we all say judge, can we then make it like most important non-judge offensive player? Like yeah, you said, yeah, that's, that's exactly more, what I, what I was more, okay. Kind of a much more fun to. discussion where you, you you talk about like an X factor, right? Like Judge has already established himself as the best hitter in the lineup, arguably the best hitter in the league. Um, last year he proved he is the best hitter in the league. Um, so you know what you're going to get from him. You can't expect 62 home runs and an OPS plus of, I think it was like 211 last year, which is more than double the, the league average player. Like you're not going to get that in all likelihood again, but you're going to need some support. And I think it really comes down to to three guys. Um, DJ LeMay, he was one. He's really struggled with injuries the past two years, and he's shown flashes of still being that guy. Luigi, you and I have both been on record in this podcast and our chats just like we don't really know if he's cooked or not. And it's tough because of the injuries he's battled. So I, I don't know. Like I, I need to see him play completely healthy and be bad for me to just definitively say this guy can't swing it anymore. Um, but until he either puts together an extended stretch of, of being good again or he continues with the injuries, I don't think we're going to get an answer there. And, and outside of LeMahieu, um, you have Rizzo, like you mentioned. He's going to be the guy who's going to be in all likelihood backing up Judge all year in the lineup. Had a really, really hot start last year. Cooled down. You know, the back's going to be an issue, so that's something you have to watch. And for me, and gee, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm stepping on your toes here before you even get a, a word in edgewise, but Oswaldo Caprera is going to play a really, really big role here just because he's a, a very all-around talent and that he can play five or six different positions. He, he can run the bases. He's not a, a power hitter per se, but he could pop 20 home runs given enough at bats to do so. 
Uh, and he could be an important spot in a lot of it. I'm guessing he's going to hit like seventh most nights, something in that area. Uh, we need more depth at the bottom of the lineup because how many times last year was it Judge Rizzo Stanton? And if they didn't do it, no one did. So you're going to have to have a, a, a well-rounded lineup top to bottom, and he's going to be a big part of that. Because right now that bottom half, you know, it's Donaldson, Trevino, Glaber. And yeah, if we if you could get Waldo down there and, you know, hitting 280, just being a consistent bat, being a guy you could rely on, that's huge. That's huge. And really, not even like the second best offensive player, but just an X factor, just a guy that's going to exceed expectations to the point where it's like, wow, we did not expect to, you know, get a 120 OPS plus out of Oswaldo. Right? I mean, that could just be so huge for this team. I mean, really, really like a couple guys like that would be huge, but really just Oswaldo is definitely a guy primed to do that. And the fact that he hits from both sides yeah. of the plate, it offers a little extra that we've been really needing from, from Hicks the past few years and haven't gotten. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be an important I say, So, I I definitely have been, you know, puffing up Oswaldo Cabrera. I'm a huge fan. And, you know, not to be like, oh, he's gonna be a 30 home run guy or anything like that. You know, like I think 20 home runs. Uh, defensively, he's proven at the very least to be solid at multiple positions bunch of outfield assists that was pretty cool right got some attitude got some energy um but i think overall this lineup i will say if right say if this and if that health aside right as long as none of the combination bulk of players miss like two months of the season um like i think this lineup will be less in need of rescuing by judge or anyone else than last year's lineup was because on any given night, who was the bottom four that were running out there, right? It was like Trevino or Higashioka, who was, you know, after, other than your spurt here and there, weren't doing anything. IKF, you know, Donaldson, like, the you know, the bottom four was just, you know, a complete give up. And so now it's like, if, you know, again, if, right? DJ, put him up there at the top of the lineup or put him down there at the bottom if you wanted to put somewhere else. Bader... You know, I like him a lot near the bottom of the lineup. Um, if you put, you know, depending on where you bet DJ or whatever else, you know, Donald sits into your fifth, your sixth spot, Glaber, right? Like, so I think there's much more of an, you know, competitive major league at bat down there at the bottom of the lineup. And then, you know, if Judge wants to go off and hit 60 home runs, and that's fucking great for us again. But like, if I was going to pick someone, I would just say Anthony Rizzo, if nothing else, because I'm really interested to see what happens with these different. I don't know. I yeah, right feel like I'm going to say the shift like, rules. I'm going to say the, the yeah, like I say the shift. It's out. It's you know they're going to find some stupid way, like we saw in spring training, to shift in some way. But like, I'm interested to see with the different shift rules, um, what changes if Anthony Rizzo's batting average if his power output if his whatever dramatically changes but i think at the very least right put him behind judge great at bat left-handed bat you know and all that kind of stuff um so i'll say anthony rizzo but like i said i think just in general this lineup is potentially less in need of dramatic rescuing from last year because last year the bottom four was just a complete fucking give up so yeah i'm gonna go like I don't know. I, I still want to go Stanton because I do feel like, obviously, other than Judge, he has the highest ceiling, right? Like, 
he even though you know Stan the, his batting average. I mean, Stan had a two ninety seven on base percentage last year. It's awful. I mean, that is awful. Like obviously, we always talk about you know batting average and you know, not being most. But like when your batting average, when your on base percentage is below three hundred, I mean that is concerning. Now he did have you know he popped out thirty homers and I think 110, 115 games. That's very good. But they need just more consistency out of Stanton, man. You know, and it's like, I get, you always know he's going to have hot and cold to him, right? He's always going to be that type of hitter, but they, they need more hot. They need more sustained hot streaks and a big Stanton year would go a long way for this offense, right? If Judge and Stanton can combine, I mean, <laughs> I mean, last year, Judge and Stanton obviously combined for 90 home runs, but obviously that was mostly Judge. If Judge and Stanton combined for another 90 this year, and maybe it's 50, 40 or 45 of them. That's huge. Right. And as I know, it's a lot to ask for Stanton, but like he could do it, you know, he could do it. He's, you know, it's like, we know, like you look at Rizzo and Glaber and all these other guys, like you said, well, they've you know, never hit 40 home runs. I mean, Glaber almost did. And people talk about the record, the Yankees record in games where Stanton and judge both home runs. Right. right? Like, right. I mean, look, Stanton's still like, he's, you know, he's still not Still got some good years left, hopefully. And I think that's an X factor. He has the highest ceiling and probably one of the lowest floors, too. That's the scary thing, right? He, he Stanton could come out and be hitting 160 with two home runs after April, right? Like, he, he's that type of hitter, man. Like, Stanton's the type of guy where, you know, we they, you always talk about, people always talk about how pitching has just gotten so much better. You know, people think the offensive numbers are just going to jump back because of the shift. Look, man. These the main reason why offensive numbers are so low is because these pitchers are insane. They all there's five guys a team that all throw a hundred. Everyone has a six sinker and it's crazy, right? Like pitching, it's so hard to hit more than ever before. So a guy like Stanton, I feel like it's been very tough for him to adjust to, and I think as he gets older, it's going to be tougher for him. And it, it's a bit concerning in that outlook, but I do still think he's got a forty home run season. In him. I really do. One thing that I'm actually really curious about for this upcoming season, and I feel like, and I just want to preface this by saying I could be completely wrong with what I'm about to say, but I get a weird feeling that Stanton is going to be more affected by the pitch clock than any other hitter on our team. So it'll either completely play into his favor because he wants to get in the box. The pitcher can't dilly-dally, throw off his timing by sitting there staring, shaking off a bunch of times and it'll benefit him or just sitting there and having the pitcher just catch the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball, throw the ball. will completely wipe him out. Like it's going to be a very boiling hot or ice cold uh, benefit or, or, or detriment to him. Um, so I, I think like you said, I don't really know how much of an effect that the shift will. I feel like the, the pitch clock and just the tempo that it provides to every single individual bat in addition, just the game, as a whole will really have an impact on specific hitters. Stan, for whatever reason, I get a vibe that it's going to impact him more than others. And let's hope it's for the better. That's a good point. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. But honestly, that's really all we got offensively. You know, like it's pretty much like, look, the story of the offense, long story short, is judge is going to be judge. Someone else got to step up, right? That's pretty much it. Bottom of the lineup can't be just a complete dead zone like it was the entire second half last year. Another thing, obviously, we didn't mention him. No one mentioned him as direct factor, but you know, I think we were talking about this in our like our Discord chat the other day. Josh Donaldson does look like he's made some adjustments because remember that was the thing everyone was pissed off with last year. He was so bad offensively all year, and he never made adjustments. It looks like he's made some adjustments in spring, so it's like not that I'm expecting him to you know have a thirty home run year, but hey, if he's just a little bit better offensively, 
this year, just a little bit better, right? Maybe hits 20, same average, but he hits 20 home runs. And he gives us that defense he did last year, a third. That's a huge plus too, right? So like I said, not like I'm not banking on anything. I'm not counting on anything, but it is good to see that Donaldson looks like he's made an adjustment in the spring, right? Because that's something he did not do all last year. So that's we'll wrap up the offense like that. Any, any final thoughts with the offense before we uh, kind of go to the pitching real quick? No, let's keep it rolling. Let's let's keep it rolling. Um, obviously the story about the rotation is they're all hurt, right? Except Cole and Nestor. Um, Frankie Montas, um, he's chilling with Ben Rortbit right now in Tampa. They're, neither of them are real. Um, but yeah, that obviously Carlos Rondon, big signing of the off season. We're not going to see him for at least a few weeks. He did throw today. I read, I read though, or the, uh, yesterday. But bottom line is. Opening weekend series, it's Cole, Herman, and Schmidt, right? Now that's not what we envisioned, right? We envisioned Cole, Nestor, or Cole, Rodon, and Nestor. Now Nestor will pitch Monday. His schedule, he pitched the last week training game. But who do we think? Just plainly ask it. Who do we think will be this team's best starting pitcher? I'm going to go with Rodon, right? I think Cole is. I think Cole's going to be slight, like is going to be pretty similar to what he was last year. You know, three, four, three, five ERA, you know, probably lead the league in strikeouts, great whip, but home run bug's going to bite him. I think Rodone is really going to acclimate well to Yankee stadium and the Yankees. I think he's going to do like, you know, I don't know. I think there's just something like, I know pitchers haven't worked out, you know, the, whether it's through trades, whether it's on just Yankees pit pitchers that we expect to be good for the Yankees who have come here just haven't worked out. You know, Cole's really been the exception, even though Cole hasn't totally exceeded expectations. You know, when we compare to some of the other guys that have come to the Bronx and have stunk it up, Cole's been great. So I, I think Rodone's going to be one of those guys. I, and I honestly, I hate to say, it, I really think it's just one of the main reasons I'm so high on him is because he's a lefty. You know, like there's just something like, and people have said, this is such a boomer thing, but I think Andrew, you completely agree with it as well. There's just been a lack of lefties from the Yankees over the past few years. Lefty, like growing up, there was always whether it was lefty bats, whether it was lefty arms in the rotation, there was always some good left. That was just a trademark of the Yankees. And I don't know, I feel like they've lacked left. They still lack lefties in the lineup, obviously, but they've just overall lacked lefties in the last over the last few years. And man, Rodon's had back to like, look, his first few years obviously were a bit rough, but man, those last two years, he was phenomenal each of the last two years. And you know, maybe the Yankees. Even if you could say, well, this guy's only had two good years. They give him all this money. Maybe they're paying him for future years, right? If he keeps this up, it's going to be a great signing, man. So I think Rodone's going to be this team's best starting pitcher. I so badly wanted to say Luis Severino this year. Mm. I, I really did. Like, I've Another guy starting always... off with an injury, man. You know, it's like same with Bader. I wanted to pick him, but it's like, oh, you got an oblique to start the year. That's that's a tough. That's tough. And Sevy's kind of, you probably feel the same way about Sevy. Just for the sake of, of, Variety here. Um, let's say Nestor Cortez for for no reason in particular. Uh, the guy had breakout season last year, made the All Star team, uh, and then aside from a late season injury, would have had a dominant end ten season, uh, despite not doing any of the conventional things regular starters do: uh, throw hard, pitch with with a regular rhythm, right? Uh, he he's definitely a wild card in all this. And I wonder what, what the pitch clock is going to do to someone like him, because sometimes he catches the ball and is firing in four seconds later. Sometimes he'll do that, that, that pause. Although I don't know how does they, cause they, they told Luis Garcia on 
the Astros that if he does the, his weird windup, it'd be a balk, right? So I wonder how much like that whirly twirly stuff that Cortez does is going to be. I, I saw him doing away. it in spring and nothing happened. So I assume it's like it's, there's like maybe once you come set. I can I see. I can see them making a deal out of it. I guess maybe some of like the when he like really starts to like lag and extend and dilly dally. But other than like he he changes it every time. What are you gonna you can't outlaw all of them, I guess, right? I mean, so see, that's that's where I'm I'm at. Yeah, I, I would love for it to be Nestor, because that's what one of the things like you mentioned, Nestor doesn't throw hard. It's re it's look, it's so like a guy like Cole. Cole could go, and I always say, like, you could mislocate a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. It's still a 99-mile-per-hour fastball, right? It's still – you could throw a 99-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle. and still It could still be a great pitch because it's a fast pitch. Nestor does not have that luxury, right? Nestor misses. Nestor throws a fastball down the middle. That's a 92-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle that most hitters are going to hammer. So guys like that, it's so tough to just year in, year out, stay elite. You know, he had such a great year last year, but can he sustain that? I hope so. Right. I would love for Nestor to repeat what he did last year and maybe, you know, maybe even be better, maybe be like top three Cy Young voting. That'd be all he has that in him. And that's something we never thought we'd say three years ago. Right. The guy was, you know, we thought the guy was like a four a player. Right. A, you know, a minor league, major league floater. And now he's an all star and we hope you're picking him to be a better pitcher than Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon. Right. And it's not like a crazy take either. It could absolutely happen. So. I would love for it to be Nestor, but you know, I still think Nestor will have a good year. I don't think he'll be as good as last year, but I think it will be. I think it will be Rodone, Cole, and then Nestor in that order. Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted. I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's. Just say Cole and move on. Just yeah, like it's, it's easy Cole, to say Cole. Cole. I think it's fun. I'm excited about Rodone because, you know, Nestor's a lefty, and that's wonderful for him. But like Rodon is like that bulldog, like hard throwing left-handed strike yeah, pitcher is not something you kids have had in a while. And, so and something, I'm super and obviously, jazzed about that. And something, you know, Andrew and I on the pitcher's preview, we actually like uh, Nestor, Rodon, and Wandy are the only lefties that are going to be pitching for this team for the foreseeable future, right? Who knows what happens, who they pick up, but, but right now that's it, right? So really just even having like, like, you know, like Nestor is a lefty, you know, and Rodon is lefty, two lefties in the rotation. It's like, okay, this is, that's what I'm talking about, right? This is starting to feel a bit more familiar. So that's, like I said, that's something I like. Now let's move to the bullpen. This is a bit more interesting. I think we all, I think we all agree that if he stays healthy all year, Michael King will be the best bullpen arm. I mean, he was so awesome last year, but it is tough to discount, right? How amazing Clay was in that first half. Now we all know what he did in that second half. At times, you know, he lost the closer role. He was, you know, he couldn't look. He looked like Pit, uh, Pirates Clay for a lot of second half of last year right now he did seem to find it in the playoffs a bit in that series but you know like i said overall it is tough to just kind of pin him as the guy when you know we saw him struggle so mightily at times last year but oh uh, I, I said this on the pitchers preview i think this yankees bullpen will be phenomenal i think they'll be like a top five unit in all of baseball i think clay will have a pretty good year i really like marinaccio uh, i think that's going to be a guy who could maybe take a seventh or eighth inning role. I mean, obviously Johnny Lasagna, they got Canely back. Trevino's out right now, but or, and Canely as well. But, you know, both those guys should be back. In the moment. This guy, uh, this team has a lot of really good arms in the bullpen. Um, that's, that's, that's like the unit I'm least worried about. Like, you know, I'm, I have concerns about the offense, right? I didn't have concerns about the rotation until they all started getting hurt. Now I have concerns about the rotation, but the bullpen, even with the injuries to Canley and Trevino, I, I have complete faith in the bullpen. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, King, if if healthy, if everything bounced back from the broken elbow last year, if all that goes well, he's he's the most dominant, most talented guy in the rotation. You saw how impactful he, like, the, excuse me, the the bullpen, um, and you saw the the impact he had last year. Uh, I personally am really big on Jonathan Loizaga. I, I know he's had two very volatile years. He was unreal in 2021 and a little disappointing last year. Uh, and then I, I don't know how much you want to read into him getting beat up a good amount in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I'm not, but... An Israel uh, team, I, man. Come on. They're a tough team. <laughs> <laughs> he does He does pitch to contact more than some of the other guys, even though he has really, really filthy stuff. But because of that, he weak ground balls, and that's never a bad mentality um i think he's less home run prone than someone like clay than someone like tommy canely um but yeah it's it's king number one and then you just hope everyone else is good supporting cast um yeah i think it's i don't know i mean it's so nice to come into a season and not be like hey is Eroldis chapman gonna be good or is he just gonna be like a volatile disaster for like half his outings now like it's really nice and i say that knowing you play Holmes had a rough second half of the year. Um, to have a guy like King, who showed last year, be like obviously him and Eliza Gill were both starters coming up, but like guys who could go out there and get a strikeout, who can throw hard, who can pitch two innings if you need them to. To have two guys like that potentially is really pretty fucking awesome. Um, to have Ainley be potentially your fifth or could fourth be more, best like, arm. That- that's the thing, G. They they just this team is stacked. They're like we were me and Andrew were saying in the pitcher's prop. There's five, six guys that you could argue could end up as this team's closer. You know, Marinat like a guy like Marinaccio. He showed stuff last year where he could he could be the Clay Holmes of this year, right? He could come up and I mean he had a stretch like that last year, right? Where he had like what was it like a, I forget what it exactly was, but over like fifteen or twenty innings, you know, he he I forget what it was. He didn't allow a hit over like a certain amount of innings, or he only allowed like one base. Yeah, rate. that was that, they yeah, all like a lot of these, means. yeah, a lot of these guys like have that in them where they could just come out and because really like, right now there's really like you know if Clay starts the year as the closer it's like we all saw what Clay at the time was last year that could change very quickly it really could just be almost like an open competition for okay hey whoever has the first kind of best two months if if King is like head and shoulders the best bullpen arm. Maybe he's the closer. If you know Ron Marinaccio or Trian, whoever, there's that's it's a good problem to have. The fact that you know you could have so many different guys that could earn their spot in the seventh, eighth, and you know who we're not even talking about by committee. It it could be whoever. You know, but but look look at some of the other guys who you're not even considering because they're not technically in the bullpen right now. Um, Clark Schmidt could go back and be awesome there. Mingo Herman. Herman, I don't know if they put him in the closer spot, but you know who else could be. And I don't want to put any stock in this because he hasn't proven shit with the Yankees but Greg let's say <laughs> no let's say Frankie Montas comes back healthy and they don't feel comfortable in him being a guy who pitches more than two or three innings he's not stretched out it's back-to-back shoulder injuries um over the course of like a year and a half like hey you want to just go ahead and throw 100 101 miles an hour for 15 pitches and see what you can do like I don't know if it'll work but I, I think they'd have to at least entertain that if his rehab to being a starter doesn't turn out well by August or if it yeah, just like, comes if he comes back too late, you know. it's gonna be it's a good problem to have. It really is. Like I said, the bullpen. I think this bullpen is gonna be really strong. But let's wrap the show up with two questions, right? One, a season prediction. But first, who's gonna be 
like the most, like the least favorite Yankee. Who's going to be the most hated Yankee this year, right? Like last year, it was kind of a tie between IKF and John Donaldson. Now this year, it could be Donaldson again. It, even though say. he's not, <laughs> even though he's not starting the year, uh, it could be IKF again. Who who knows? Um, yeah. my pick is Aaron Hicks because I think Aaron Hicks, especially with Bader being out, I do think Aaron Hicks is going to end up playing a decent amount and just. Uh, you, you, I always say you can't take spring too seriously, but man, he just looks so checked out. I mean, the guy's just like missing balls. He, he's, I, I feel like he's going to get at you know play at least fifty or so games this year, and you know it's probably going to be the same what we've seen from him last few years. You know, two hundred average, playing shit outfield. It's you know hopefully they end up releasing say, him in the middle of the year, but I do think he'll play long enough to be the most hated Yankee this year. I will say it seems relevant. You know, we mentioned it, and Andrew told a joke at my opinion's expense. They did sign Franchi Cordero today, and it was to a major league deal. So we talked immediately. We're like, oh, maybe Estevan Florial's in danger, and he might very well be. But, like, Estevan Florial wasn't the one dropping fly balls left and right in spring training. Like, contracts matter, and that's all well and good and wonderful. But, like, you know, if you're healthy – Right. Judge can play center field. If you're not healthy, Judge is playing center field probably tomorrow. Like as a backup, you got Bader, you got Cabrera can play X different positions. Oriole plays pretty good outfield. If Frenchie Cordero play the outfield, like if Hicks is going out there dropping balls left and right, then I don't know. I don't know. Just not saying. I but I'm just saying. Have they did sign, they did sign an outfielder today. So Jesus, is, is that your pick for most hated Yankee this year? I mean, I don't like Aaron Hicks, so I'm kind of like, you know, I don't think anyone um, does. You know, not there. objective. I would say, God, I feel like Josh Donaldson will be a warm enough body that <laughs> is less hateable this year, and I'm just really, really not looking forward to me and having I'm to observe for with that, my. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to me having to observe with my own two eyeballs. IKF bounce a throw to second base from the center field warning track. Like, okay. I'm just not looking forward to that's that's so IKF stupid. That we have field. to we have to look forward to that. Like, um, I'd say it's my leader in the clubhouse, is Aaron Hicks, because he looks like he'd rather be on the 18th hole than anywhere near a baseball field right now. So, and that's fine. I'm actually going to go a different direction than both you guys. And I think because of the competition that both of them are going to face and the fact that they're in all likelihood not going to play 130, 140 games to be hated enough because they're not going to be that impactful. Um, Hicks, obviously, his 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 days are numbered. And uh, the fact that they have Cordero, the fact that they're for, for now tentatively rostering uh, Esteban Florial, obviously Bader's coming back. You have Cabrera out there as well. I don't know if Hicks is going to get enough opportunity to be that impactful to the point where people hate him. Like, wake up in the morning and say, I hate Aaron Hicks. Who the hell knows what IKF's role is? He's probably going to play three or four times a week, but he'll be in different spots. Maybe he'll get some spot starts at, at, at third where he's a better defensive player. We'll deal with his bat in those days. Um, I don't know. I think, and I hope I'm dead wrong about this, but if there's someone who who really just goes out and stinks up the joint this year, who's going to be the most hated? It's going to be John Carlos Stanton. Because... Yeah, Luigi, you said he he popped thirty home runs last year, but most of that was in the first half. Remember, he 
Not only made the All-Star game, he was the MVP of the All-Star game, hit a home run in that game, and then just fell off the face of the earth. And I think he's always had that stigma because we got him right off his NL MVP season. You know, he was getting booed right out the shoot in 2018. But I think after he had a good postseason because he he always does. He's he's good for that. But he hasn't really again. He's what 34 years old. He's not going to get better, but he hasn't really shown any signs of of life beyond that 28 season when he had to be the everyday guy because judge without most of the year um the first year on, on the team two home runs opening day and then you know, really stamped his his name at that point if he struggles this year fans are going to let him have it loud and clear um he just doesn't offer a ton else if he's not hitting right they're going to try him in the outfield but i don't know how long his legs are going to hold up he can't run the bases so what value is he providing if he's not hitting at, at bare minimum 220 and popping 30 home runs? Like you can live with a low batting average, a low on base percentage if he's producing, if he's slugging. But if he's doing none of that, oh boy. That's, That's not as hot a take as you think it is. Um, although I do hate that because I always... I don't know. At this point, I still love the idea of John Carlos Stanton. Even if he's, we can't keep being like, oh, he hit 59 home runs in 29, you know, 2017, whatever. But like, still love the idea of him. And he's still going to hit, you know, eight of the 10 hardest hit balls on StatCast and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's a very fun player to watch. And all he really needs to do is not be a completely garbage player for half the season. He needs to be like an average player and he will provide enough value. Absolutely. But right. he's as god awful as anyone to watch when when he's not right. Yeah, when when he's off, it's it's un it's unwatchable. It, it it's like the worst product. It's the worst quality of baseball you've ever seen. Yep. Those, those swings with those sliders down and away. Oof. Not looking forward um, to that. But baseball season. So, G, who do you think will? I will do say. The... What's I'm sorry. Go ahead. I blitzed oh, wait, the question. Oh, you already you he you already had yours. Never mind. Um. Yeah, it's Aaron Hicks and also IKF because he's and still IKF. on the team, and that, that makes me mad. Um, I was going to say something else before the end of the season, not not specifically related to the Yankees. Go on. What What is it, Jay? Oh, well, yeah, anyway, so this seems relevant. You know, breaking news from Jeff Passan. Um, the minor league players in the MLB – EPA and Major League Baseball have agreed on the first minor league collective bargaining agreement, which will include, among other things, pay raises for all the minor leaguers and of all levels. And that's really cool and relevant. And I look forward to seeing what, you know, improvements, quality of life and all that stuff, what what they got. Um, but that's a pretty cool thing for them because obviously we've minor heard leaguers. or minor leaguers the last couple of years it's come to light of just how poorly they've been treated. So good for them. I look forward to seeing more of that. That's good. All right, guys, let's wrap the show up with season predictions. I'll make mine short and sweet. The Yankees will win the AL East. They'll get in a tough, hard fought series in the ALDS, and then they'll lose in the ALCS. That's kind of just how it's been the last few years, right? I mean, you know, it's not like they made the ALCS every year, but that's like I said, that's, that's just how I feel. I think they'll win the division. I think they'll have a fun regular season. I think we'll have some fun moments. But look, 
credits that I see some people saying, you know, Houston doesn't have Verlander. This is the year. Credit to those people. I just can't bring myself to it. I really, I hope I'm wrong. Right. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to play this play tape back and say, oh, look how dumb I look doubting the 2023 world champion Yankees, but I can't bring myself to do it. I think they'll win 93, 94 games and lose in the ALCS. So if you're going to go that level of optimism, I'm going to just throw it all away. Um, I was going to say, Andrew has to be the outlandish one so I can think. We're, we're not going to make the playoffs. No, no. Um, I think they struggle at the shoot. I think they open up the season six games out of first place after the first month of the season, get hot in the middle of the year when they get back healthy. Uh, guys like Verdon and Severino hopefully start shoving when when they're back. Team starts cooking, falls a little short in the AL East. And I don't even want to make playoff predictions. I feel like that's just a waste of time. I, I, I think they'll make the playoffs, but as as the top-seeded wildcard team, and then however that shakes out. I'm going to pop out with my answer um, and say that they will make it, at the very least, to the championship series. And that's it. That's my prediction. They're going to win 95 games, as I said before. They're going to scrape that over on the on the over-under. Win 95 games, they'll win the division, and they'll make it, at the very least, to the championship series. Well, as I say, leave, my, leave myself room to come back later in yes. the season. So, Luigi, I'm curious how you see the ALEs playing out if you think we're only going to win 92 or 93 games, and that's still going to be good enough to win the division. So, I, I've, like... I was thinking the Blue Jays were going to be like a juggernaut, but I don't know. I just don't trust them. I just don't trust them. I think no. that I think that between the yeah, I think it'll be really close. But I do think that the Blue Jays, O's and Rays will all win between like eighty three and ninety games. Like I think you know, the Blue Jays will be Vlad like a ninety Guerrero, junior. I, I mean, the Blue they're still going to be a really good team, and especially with Manoa, God, they have the good rotation now. That they're they're going to be a very good team. That's I think you see like. The scary thing about them is like we're literally the same team from last year, pretty much. With like we added Rodon, you know, they you could say that about them as well, and they added some guys here and there. But like they're also much younger, you know. Younger players like that have a lot bigger chance to grow and take those next steps. So that's kind of the thing that's scary about the Blue Jays. They I think maybe their ceiling is a bit higher than ours because you know, look, our roster is pretty old. You know, Judge is thirty, Stanton's thirty four, DJ's in his thirties, Rizzo. Cole, Rodon, all these guys are in their 30s. You know, like we really don't have a young team. That's why it's nice to have Volpe because he's, you know, 21 years old and a top prospect. If he pops, he could be like, you know, a bona fide guy in our lineup for the next few years. But like I said, it is, you know, I I do think those, like the or like I said, the O's, Braves, and Blue Jays, I think two of those three teams will make the playoffs. I think we'll have three teams in the playoffs at least. And even the Red Sox, despite the Red Sox just kind of being, you know, the Red Sox. They won, what, 78 games last year? That's pretty good for a last-place team. Usually last-place teams only win 60, 65 games, you know? Like, so, yeah. And I they think were right, be a right very in the playoff race. race most of the yeah. year and then bottomed yeah. out late, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a very tight race, but I do think the Yankees will, you know, probably by, like, a game or two will win the division. So but, I do want to ask you guys. Here, Here's a fun one that we can show on. Um, I have saved. If not, I'm just going to have to rip something off the cuff. Okay, so I don't have it, but... Um, it was most likely to lead the American League in RBIs. I saw Judge was at 110 and a half. I don't know what the the actual line was in terms of all players. But what do you guys think? Just because Luigi, you talked about 
that being a juggernaut. G, you mentioned him specifically. Vlad Guerrero, do we like that at plus 1,000? I think that's what the line was. That's not a bad bet. Like I said, I was just going to say, Vlad Guerrero really high... desperately wants to be a rival to the Yankees. He's really good. Really he's good. a super high ceiling. Uh, so I, I think that's a pretty good bet. Um, yeah. Like I said, a guy like that, a young guy like that, he, you know, he could have like a 50 plus home run season just waiting, right? Just loading, right? Whether it's this year, whether and, it's next and year. And arguably was deserving of the MVP in 2021. Yeah. If not obviously, for the superhuman if, stuff if that you don't have, did. if you don't have a guy playing, you know, be, like modern day Babe Ruth playing, then yeah, Vladdy has an MVP. So it is very annoying to me that he's only 24 years old. Very yeah. annoying to me. Yep. And prides himself on hating the Yankees. And yeah. It probably isn't going anywhere. Legitimately. So. Exactly. Yeah, well, guys. Predictions are over, thankfully. I feel like we've for so long we've been talking, talking about you know hypothetical situations. We're gonna get to see actual baseball tomorrow. Now they do go up against Logan Webb, who had a great year last year and is a great pitcher. So it might be tough, but man, I'm looking forward to it. Nice little one o'clock game. Uh obviously the classic off day, day after opening day, which I get because of the potential rain, but I always hate because you just get the you're like, oh Yankees are back, and then the next day you just don't have the game. And the fact that next week, the uh, following Thursday, we're gonna have to do that again because it will be Baltimore's home opener, and so then there was no there's no no games the, the first two Fridays of the year. So that's a bit bit annoying, but man, I can't wait for opening day. Um, you know, just baseball in general, man. It's gonna be you know a lot of different seeing the shift, the pitch clock, you know, all the all the new things. It's, I think it's gonna be a good year for baseball, even if maybe it's not the good year for the Yankees, like we always say. Hope we're wrong. I think I predicted this team to win it all, you know, 18, 19, and I just can't do it anymore. You know, I'm just, like I said, I'm predicting them to win the division. Right. Three times is enough. Yeah, eight times the charm, but whatever they, whatever they say. But, yeah. All I'm saying is that Major League Baseball doesn't have to say anything, but if they were to reintroduce the juice ball, I think we'd all be okay with it. And who knows if this could be a juice ball year, it could be a dead ball year. You never know. But guys, baseball season tomorrow, man. Another another year of Yankees baseball, and we'll be here for all of it, right? Andrew looks so excited. I know. Cute. You can't can I already wait. start out with our see like the crying faces where I'm like, yep. Yankees got my game face on. Yep. Like, <laughs> oh god. Should I wait a couple weeks? Fire and a couple of like, you know, God, we'll see. We'll see how. We'll, it'll probably be another season free. in the trenches. <laughs> another season, but. For Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and it's baseball season.